All right, today's daf is daf Yutes, page 18 in Mehelig Masech's Gitten, and we are up to the Mishnah, six lines from the top of the Yomud. The primary focus on today's daf is going to be the halachas of writing. We're going to get into halachas of writing a get. We're going to get into halachas of writing on Shabbos as well. Some really fascinating sugyas. Let us begin. We learned that a ksuba, I'm sorry, that a get must be dated. You must write a date on the get. Now, our mission is going to get into some other requirements, uh, some other requirements for a get, and specifically what type of ink it needs to be written in. Bakal kaisvim, you could write a get with any type of ink. It's pretty general. Here we go. Now we're going to give a list. Bidiyai, black ink. Sam, with uh, uh, black paint. Sikra. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see what Sikra is. It's kind of like a... Um, the Gemara is going to explain that it's a type of dye. Be kumus, or with kumus. U be kankantum. Kankantum is like black shoe polish. U dover kayama. Bottom line is... As long as it is a permanent type of ink. And it seems to be red and black are the two colors that we're focusing on. Behold, anything that's lasting. You cannot write with fruit juice. We cannot write with liquids. Or anything that's not permanent. Let's get into the parchment. You could write the get on top of anything. Allah, Allah, you could even write on a leaf as long as it is Shalzayis, as long as it's from an olive tree. While a Karen Shalpar even etched into the horn of a cow, Venice and La Sapara, as long as you give her the cow, right? She has to ultimately own the cow, because you can only ride on something that goes to her. Al Yad Shell Evet, or you can write in the hand of an Evet, Vice and Las Evet, as long as you give it to Evet, you're now let her write a get on anything that is alive. So let's say you have a guy who decides to divorce his wife and has a goodbye present to his wife, he wants to give her a cow. He says, I got a great idea. I'm going to write, I've got a, I'm going to write on my cow. I've got a white cow. And I'm going to write a get to my wife in permanent ink on the skin, on the side of the cow. Yeah, so I'm going to do. What a brilliant guy. So, so the Tanakhama says, no problem, as long as it's permanent. However, Rabbi Yisrael says, no, there's no such thing as writing a get on anything that is alive. And you're also not allowed to write uh, a get on Eichlin, on anything that is food. Okay, now that means he's also arguing on leaves, because leaves technically can be eaten by animals. But here we go, b- b- bottom line. What's our Mishnah teaching me? The laws of a get, as far as what type of ink is allowed to be used to be written on a get, and what type of, call it, uh, object is permitted to be used for the ink to go on. Here we go. Says the Gemara. What are these types of ink that are mentioned? Diyai is the Yusa. Diyai is short for the Yusa, which is black ink. Okay? It means it has to be noticeable. Sam is Sama. It's, uh, it's Sama. It's a, uh, it's, uh, a ink made from roots. Sikra, what is Sikra? Something called Sakarta. Rasha says it's a type of dye that's red. Kumus is Kuma. Kumus is Kuma. It's a gum. Kankantum. It is a, it's a black shoe polish. Right? You should let it use black shoe polish to write a get. Okay, so now we know 
the types of inks that are permitted for a get to be written. Hold up a shum miskayim. And then the mission gave a list of things. We gave a list of things. Now he said, and anything that's permanent, the chulu. Says Gemara, wait one second. No word in a mission is extra. Why would you give a list of specific things you can use and then say, and anything that's permanent? All you got to tell me is, what should you, what could you use to write it? Anything that's permanent. And save your breath. What is this? What is it coming to include? What do you mean? If somebody writes a get with the waters of Tveria or Atsafa, Atsafa is gallnut, uh, gallnut liquid or gallnut juice, the halacha is kosher. It's kosher. It's permanent enough. If he writes a get with Avar, Avar is lead. So basically, you took lead, you ground it up, you added some moisture, some liquid to it, and now it could be used as an ink. Bishchar, or you use charcoal, or bishichor, another type of uh, polish that shoemakers would use, also kosher. These things would all create a permanent enough of an ink that the get would be kosher. Okay, now... One classic Gemara fashion. Once we're talking about inks and what's considered permanent and what's considered temporary, so what's valid and what's not valid vis-a-vis a get, we're going to get into the laws of Shabbos because we know that one of the Lama Tes is one of the 39 forbidden uh, activities on Shabbos, is you're not allowed to write. Now, what is considered writing? Let's think about this for a minute. It's, it's a uh, cold winter day. And you're walking by a car on Shabbos and there's just this perfect frost on the window. And you just want to etch your initials into that frost on Shabbos or knock away some snow and leave a little uh, message to the people walking behind you, walking home from Shul behind you. You write, beware. Yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever. Or you want to write Shabbat Shalom to them in the snow. Yeah, we're uh, getting rid of the fog on the window. Is that considered writing or not? What's considered writing? How temporary does it mean? Because we know, we know that if you were to take a your finger right here and just move it in a shape or something, and it's not really it doesn't leave. It's, of course, it's okay. I'm shy. There's no shy about it. Okay, so once we're done with permanence of something, and what's the issue? What's the non-issue? We we'll get into writing on Shabbos as well. Here we go. Huh? Okay, uh, what's, how do you know? What's considered temporary? A second, a minute, 24 hours? What's it? If a person writes in black ink on top of red ink on Shabbos. So you already have a red ink there. That's a kind, that's a close, it's beauty. You have a word, red ink. It says Shabbos, Shabbat. I write with black ink on top of red ink. Did I write anything? Did I do anything? The, the message was there before. Writing, you should know, by definition, has to be that there's a message. Biblically, you're only chayav on when there's a message, which is why we're going to see, biblically, you're only chayav if you write two letters. If a person writes the letter B, the letter Bez, you're not chayav midarais on Shabbos. It's not a biblical transgression. Because Bez means nothing. B. What's B? What's the message of B? Gunisht. Doesn't tell you anything. But if you were to write two letters, every word in the Hebrew language has at least two letters. You're not going to find a one-letter word in the Hebrew language. 
If there's two letters, now you're given over information. Bez, Aleph, is by to come. Right? Bez, Vav, is in, it, in him, in it. Yeah? Right, so you need to have two letters to be Chayav on Shabbos. What if I have red ink and I wrote over it on black ink? So did I add, so what I do? You actually, even though there were letters there before, you're obligated in two transgressions. You know, get ready for this. First of all, for writing, you did write two letters in black ink on top of red ink. And you know what else you did? You erased the red ink letters. Beforehand, it was noticeable. And now it's not noticeable. So you, you wrote and you erased what if you wrote black ink on top of black ink then, or sikra gabi sikra or red ink on top of red ink putter then you're not going to be chayav why first of all the red ink stayed she didn't add anything and you didn't erase anything so putter avalaser meaning not chayav as far as biblical but it's also certainly forbidden sikra gabi diay red ink on top of black ink some say it's chayev, some say some say potter, some say one say chayev, because the maisa, you're erasing the black ink. The red ink is considered to be destroying the black ink. Why is it considered destroying? In order to be chayev on Shabbos, you have to be creating something and adding to something and, 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 uh, at, and help, you know, causing the letters to gain. And the, that approach would be that red ink would actually minimize the black ink uh, approach, not, not the approach, the red ink would minimize the black ink's effect. And hence, um, since, it's, it's, uh, since it's less, it would not be considered ksiva on Shabbos. Okay. Rishlakish asked a question, searching for information from his beloved brother-in-law, Rabbi Yechina. If you have Edim that do not know how to sign their names on a get, can somebody write with red ink and then have them trace it? So you have two witnesses on a, you want them to sign on the get. For whatever reason, you want these two guys. They don't know their name. They can't, they can't write. So you say, oh, listen, I'll tell you what. I will stencil it, right? You'll, you'll, I'll write it in red ink. And then your your witness will write on top of it with black ink. Okay, Do we say that it's considered a signature because the mice they put black ink on top of red ink or not? That's another practical difference. That's going to be Amrlais. They said to him, It's not considered writing, meaning it wouldn't be a valid signature on top of a get. So if they don't know how to sign on a get, you just cannot use them as witnesses. Amrlais says to him. But did you not teach us, Rabbeinu? Reish Lakish says to his beloved brother, Rabbi Echanan, Chavrusa and Makariv. He says, but didn't you teach us, that when it comes to the laws of Shabbos, writing on top of writing is going to be Chayev. And if you're going to consider writing on top of writing to be Chayev, that means the top writing is considered a valid writing. And we should allow these guys to trace on top of the red ink. What's the problem? Allow the get to be kosher. Amarlai said to him, Just because we gave a comparison. we should. Does that mean that that is the right thing to do? Which means, just because on Shabbos I say it's chayav, and it's going to be a problem, that means that when it comes to get, we should 
we should uh, be lenient and allow this type of signature, stick with people who know to sign their names. That's the proper way to go about it. Itmar, we learned. Very important message in that, by the way, too. I think there's a, a, a big, a, a big aside over there. Imar, we learned. If you have witnesses who don't know how to sign their names, Rav says, here's what, here's what you should do. You should take a needle, take something sharp, and etch onto the paper a little indent onto the paper, and they'll sign their names. They'll fill in that little etch with, uh, with ink. Shmuel says you should write with lead and then let them write with black ink on top of lead. Says the Gemara, what's this lead business? The first one seems to be pretty smart, right? It's a good idea. It says, etch with lead. What's, what do you mean with lead? Writing with lead ink is permanent. And therefore they're writing on top of like a signature that's already there. So why is it going to be valid? One says, no, 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 let me explain what we mean. Like Asha, ha be avara, ha be maya de avara. One is talking about where you have lead itself. Okay? So when you have lead itself, so you're going to have the blackness of lead, you'll make like, a, we'll call it kind of like penciling it in, which is temporary. It's not mixed with water. There's nothing giving it any sort of permanence. It's not considered writing because it's so temporary. And then when they take the black ink, it's not considered writing on top of a writing that's already there. There's no pre-existing writing. What did he do with the difference is, if you the only time lead is considered writing is if you grind up the lead, you add some liquid to it, and turn it into an ink. But if I have a piece of lead itself, and I just... It, it, like, it, like you lay something down It's going to leave a little bit of a mark That's not considered writing Hence if I put black ink on top of it It would be considered a valid signature Because it's considered like I'm signing directly on the document that's, And that's what I need Rabbi Avo Omar Rabbi Avo says What you should do for these chabra Who don't know how to write their names You should on bottom write uh, um, On bottom you should write it with water That is uh, from gallnut now what they would do is they would soak gallnut in a liquid. It would dye the liquid. It would give it a color, like a deep yellow color. And then you could use that to put on top of the paper. And then they would sign on top of that gallnut juice. Says Gemara, what do you mean? But we, we mentioned gallnut juice in our Mishnah. But a person writes with may tarya, with uh, rainwater, gallnut, gallnut juice, kosher. So you see, that's considered writing. And since gallnut juice itself could be considered making a letter, when these illiterate uh, uh, witnesses sign on top of it, they're writing on top of writing. And that's a problem. The gallnut juice itself is considered writing. And then their black ink is writing on top of writing. That's not a valid signature. You can't sign a name on top of a name. Like Asha, there's no question. Ha de ofits, ha de Okay, she'in me'imilin, agav me'imilin. I'll tell you the difference. Ready for this? Very often, they would coat parchment with gallnut juice. That's how they would prepare and finalize parchment. It would like a, give it like a smooth surface and make it more capable of, of writing on. So when, a, when the parchment is treated with gallnut juice, um, when it's treated with gallnut juice, so then we'll say that you can use gallnut juice 
on top of that to make a little to make a little trace right you put gold on top of gold that's not considered an initial writing it's not clear enough but you could make out a little bit of the form so that's when writing on top of it is going to be okay but if there's no gold that's treating the parchment itself then you're right the initial signature of Golnut will be considered a signature, and the illiterate Adem will not be allowed to sign on it. Papa or Papa says another thing you could do to help these illiterate uh, uh, witnesses on the document is Reich. You should use Reich literally as spit, saliva. Okay, you take it, you take a little bit of saliva, and you make a little wetness there. Okay, now again, there are pens, our ballpoint ink pens. They're not going to write on top of wetness. But when you have a quill with, with ink, so wetness, you could notice until it dries. It's very temporary. But you could see if you have a parchment and now a part of it is wet, you notice the area that's wet. So you'll, you'll write their names for them on the parchment. And then on top of that saliva, they'll, they'll move the ink. And that's not considered writing. Well, as long as they could notice it. Yeah, once it dries, they're not going to notice it anymore. So it's not going to be helpful to them. But any time, again, that's something that obviously that's, uh, that's temporary. And Yishinoh says, the Gemara of Ahani Mili Begitten, we only do this when it comes to a get. Meaning, if you have eight and I don't know how to sign their names, we're going to help them out in these fashions. Put a temporary writing, let them do a more permanent writing. Why? Why would we do this by a get? You know why? We, we want people to give Gitten. We want Gitten to work. We don't want Agunas. We don't want a guna. We don't want people to be left. So you find the them who could sign on it, who are willing to sign it, get aval bishtarais, but by regular document, the financial document, something of that sort. Like, we're not going to do this. We're not going to be like, oh, you want to sign? You don't know how to sign your name? I'll help you out over here. No. You know what you do? Find people who know how to sign their names. There was somebody who, who, uh, who did this, meaning he did either put saliva or gallnut or... Or this, uh, you know, one of these erasable or uh, temporary type of uh, copying overs, uh, inks, Peshar Shtaris, Benagdi Rav Kahana, and Rav Kahana uh, gave him Malkus, meaning Rav Kahana said that what you're doing is against halacha. Tani Kavasi the Rav, we have a price like Rav, Tapa Yutes on the base, Edom Shinyadim Nachtim, Edom don't know how to sign their names, Makar and Lamni Archalak, we should give them a blank piece of paper and etch their name. Without ink, and then they fill in that etching with the ink. When do we do this? Only for divorce to help it go through so that a guy doesn't hit the road without giving his wife again. But when it comes to freeing servants or any type of document, if they know how to read and sign their name, they can be witnesses and we allow them to sign. If they don't know this process, they don't know how to read, they can't sign their names, then. Ain Chaisman, we were not. We are not going to take them as witnesses. Kriya Mandekar Shmei says the Gemara. All of a sudden, you're talking about reading. What do you mean reading? Hold on, hold on. Until now, we've been talking about people don't know how to write their name. They can't sign their name, and then all of a sudden, we have a Brisa like Rab, which says they have to know how to read inside the name. Like you, you talk to somebody, you think you have an agreement on the same page, and then they throw in like a little detail. A little detail. Not so little. Not so little. Well, then. They don't want to read inside the name. Read inside their name. Sign their name. Who says by reading? Who talk about reading? 
this brisa was not quoted properly initially. And this is really how the brisa says. We are talking about reading, and here we go. It goes like this. If you have a witness who doesn't know how to read the document, it's permitted to read them the document, and then they'll sign on it, which, by the way, is a big chiddush. It's a big chiddush. We're not talking about it yet. Novel idea. Any document. It's a very novel idea. You know why? Because people could be pulling the witness's leg. Guy's got no clue if you're telling the truth. He doesn't know. But you're, you're allowed to rely on the guy reading so that, and you go ahead and, uh, and sign on a document? Okay. Now, a lot of raid. You know what a lot of raid means? A lot of raid in Yiddish. A lot of tire on this. A lot of talk. A lot of raid. Right? Uh, about how we can end up with the signature, some beautiful Torah, but which leads me to a good joke: is how do you kill yeshiva flies with yeshiva charade? With yeshiva charade. That's like yeshiva flies. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of raid on this. The raid is that when people are signing their names, even if they can't read it. Is it really working about, is the testimony the document itself, or is the testimony just that they know that it happened? And that's really the, the, the main thing that matters. All right, bottom line is, they have to know what's written in it, and then they sign. And if they don't know how to sign, that's where you get onto the whole thing, where you uh, make a mark for them, and then they'll fill it in. Only by get for a woman. All the types of documents are freeing of servants. Then we allow them to sign. If they don't know how to read and they don't know how to sign their names, then we say, we appreciate your time. We're going to go get somebody else. They cannot sign on the document. My time to What's the reason for Reb Shimon Ben Amliel who says that by getting, even if they don't know how to read and sign their names, we'll do it for them. Not to leave any women in Yisrael in Aguna. We want to make sure that if a husband agrees to give his wife a divorce, that it goes through. which means we're lenient when it comes to Gittin. We do not follow Who you gonna follow? You're gonna follow the Shita of the Tanakam, you can follow the Shita of the Rabbanon, who holds that you could always have illiterate uh, signatures. It's not true. Moses' story we said in the bottom of Amad Aleph. This guy did it when it came to the financial documents. He, he allowed witnesses who didn't know how to write their name, and he etched it in. And Rav Kahana gave him Alkas. He says, nah, you're not allowed to do that. Terguma Akriya. Okay? What we mean, where, do we, where does Rav Gamda say, Ein Alacha? Kervshivan only means about the reading part. Okay? So, in other words, you don't, they, don't know how, they don't need to know how to read, but we will paskin like Rev, uh, Rev Shimming Amlio that by, uh, by Gite Noshim, if they know how to sign, the, if they don't know how to sign, then we'll do it for them, but otherwise we will not. Okay. Now we're going to get into some stories on this topic. Rav Yudah Mitzayir Kari V'chosim. Rav Yehuda would be Mitzayir. He would bother himself to read and sign. Amar Leula. Ula says, "Leitzricht, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this." Yeah. Rav Kolevsky, 
from St. Louis. Here we have, uh, yeah. right? So Yaakov he he was legally blind. He was legally blind. So I remember him. You know, he would sit and learn. She would have this huge magnifying glass, huge magnifying glass, um, in order to uh, be, you know, help help read Svar. Teaching Torah, Torah was his life, right? So of Yehuda, he was on a Bezdim and he had a hard time reading. And sometimes he had to read, and sometimes he had to sign. Eh? So he would always go out of his way to make sure he read every last word and to make sure he signed. And they said, they told him, Rebbe, you don't need to do this. You don't need to, why? Because Rebbe Lazar, from, um, uh, from uh, when two people would come, the, they would uh, read the documents in front of him, and they would tell him what it says. And then he would sign it. Rav Nachman and by Rav Nachman also the the cipher who would write it, they write the documents. They would also read it in front of him, and and uh, they would sign it as well. Um, and therefore, they were telling him. They, they said, Rav you don't need to don't. Uh, we'll it's okay. It. We'll read it to you. You don't need to bother yourself. The Davka Rav Nachman the Safri Dayoni, and um, when you have somebody like Rav Nachman. And his seifrim and his scribes, the Islahu Emsa, where they were all afraid of Rav Nachman of messing around. They were messing, they were afraid. In other words, if Rav Nachman, they read it to Rav Nachman, right? If Rav Nachman would have, the reason why we trusted that they read to him honestly what's written in there is because they were all afraid of Rav Nachman. They were afraid of him. They had a certain clout that uh, you didn't mess with. This Islahu Emsa, Avor Rav Nachman, Safri Achrine, Safri Dainav Inish Achrine, Loi. But if uh, you have somebody who is more, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, less, uh, less of a um, awe. If you don't have that same set of circumstances, so then we will not allow one person to read the document. But we will allow two people because then they're witnesses on the document. So two people could tell them what's written on the document, but one cannot. Whenever they would bring a Persian document to Rav Papa. So now Rav Papa could not read Persian. The Persians, by the way, came to Bavel, right? They took over Bavel during uh, uh, Gullah's Bavel. Towards the end. That's when things got tough on Klai Yisrael, as we learned earlier in the Masechta. That's when we got to Achashverish, right? So, the other Bar Kusim, Mikri Lehush Lishnei Kusim. They would have two kusim read the star in front of Rav Papa, and we wouldn't allow them to read it together. And then he would allow it to work. In other words, what he did was like this. Rav Papa, when they would bring him a Persian document from a Persian court, and they would bring it to him, Ruvain and Shimon had a machlekas over over a a chair. The Persian court ruled that Ruvain is worthy of getting the chair. So they would write it down. So now Ruvain would go to Rav Papa and say, Shimon owes me the chair. Rebbe, help me get the chair from Shimon. You're the rabbi. So Rav Papa couldn't read Persian. So he, would, he would call in a Persian guy and he would say, you know, I just, he wouldn't tell him why he needs it. He'd say, just read me this document. I found this document. I can't read what it says. I have no clue. And this guy would read him the document. Rav Papa would say, thank you. Let the guy leave. Then he called in another Persian and say, I can't read it. This way he knew if anybody was lying and not telling him the truth. They weren't together. 
So no one knew what the other one was saying. And it was done, it was done in the context of conversation so that they shouldn't try to machstik with, with uh, playing around with Jewish law. Did they know who he was? Huh? Did they know yeah. that he was a... Yeah, it could be, yeah. But they, they didn't know why he wanted it. They didn't know why he wanted it. I found this on the street. Did you tell me what it says? Right? And then, if everything panned out, then he would say, Ruben, I'll help you get the chair from Shim. Amr Vash Rashi says, Amr Ravuna. Gemara here is telling me you got to use your noodle. Right? You got to, you got if, if you don't know how to read, you got There's ways to go about making sure that what you're getting is emes. Amr Vashi Amr Lehuna Barnos and Hachi Amr Meimar Meimar tells us, High star up our If you have a star, a, a, a document, oh, that's in Persian. Jewish witnesses, you could even collect real estate, property that has a lien on it, but they don't know how to read Persian. They know how to read Persian. Even if they could read Persian, we need a type of um, a type of ksav, a type of writing that cannot be mezuyif, that cannot be forged, and that's not true. Now, the reason why it's not true is because, as we learned previously, Persian documents were easily erasable and they could be smudged and moved around. So you could, even if you could read it, you could like manipulate what it, what it says. Um, so Gemara says, mm-hmm. We're dealing with where it was a type of, uh, it was, literally means it was treated with Goma juice. It's a type of document that you, you could tell if it was played around with. But it has to, uh, at the end of a document, you have to go back and bring out the main ideas of a document for it to be kosher of a lekka. Persian documents don't have that, but the Mahadar, it was written that way. It was all written that way, so then what's the Chiddush? What's the Chiddush that, that you could use a Persian document? Again, if, if it followed all areas of halacha other than, it's not written in Hebrew, right? So it's written in Persian. It says the Gemara, so what's this Chiddush? Well, I already know the Cholosh and Kosher. Is he teaching me that a document written not in Hebrew is valid? Tanina, that's explicitly in the Mishnah. Get Shekosfu Ivris. If you have a get that's written in Hebrew, the Edov Yavanis, and the witnesses are Greek. Yavanis, or the get's written in Greek, the Edov Ivris, and the witnesses are in Hebrew. Kosher. It's going to be Kosher. So what's the Chiddush over here? There's no, what's Amemar telling me? Says Gemara, no. I need, it's still a Chiddush, because Imeahi. If I would just throw down for the Mishnah describing the, the, the Hebrew. And the Greek, I would have said this is only as far as Hilchas Gittin, but it doesn't apply to other languages. Maybe by Gittin again, we're lenient in other languages because we don't want an Aguna. But by a regular document, like Reuven getting a chair from Shimon, who says that we would even be lenient over there? Kamash Blan, Amemar lets me know that even a regular document, not by Gittin, written in Persian, is going to be, is, is going to stand up in a Bezdin. Amar Shmuel Shmuel says, If somebody, a husband, gives a wife ni'ar cholak, a blank piece of paper. Okay. Um, now, V'yamar la hareza gitech. And he says to her, Hareza gitech, this is your get. Miguresha, she's divorced. A blank piece of paper? Oh, blank piece of paper! Says the Gemara, get ready for this. Chayshinon Shema Maybe it was written with Golma juice. That's temporary. You know, they have this thing that kids do. I did it when I was a kid. The school would give it out as prizes. Invisible ink. It didn't always become invisible. <laughs> it left a little residue. You know, you spray your friend's white shirt and then the, the guy's stuck like that. Right? Invisible ink. 
But let's say, let's say a guy hands a get to his wife, and he says, I raise a gite. He says, it's valid. You know why? It's very possible. He taka road on the get. It, it, it's written there. You just can't make it out. Very, very light. It's very faint. But it's not really a blank piece of paper. Okay? Mesve, they challenged this. They said, one second. And she takes the piece of she takes the parchment. They're on a cruise. They get into Shalom Bayes' argument. The guy comes back ten minutes later. He says, "This is your get." And she takes the parchment and just chucks it overboard. Chucks it overboard into the sea. Allah goes into the fire. Anything that ruins the get. Then the husband says it was a star. Pasim, which means it wasn't really true. It wasn't really true. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Start Pasim is something that you write in order to get the upper hand in a negotiation. Okay? It wasn't really meant. A Shtar Or it's a, uh, it's a Shtar Amana. It's, you know, it's something that, uh, it's, it's, which literally means a letter of trust. Okay? But it doesn't really affect a, uh, a transaction. Migureshas. She's still divorced. And she's divorced, and she could say, Oh, really? That was the document? I'm out of here. See ya later, buddy. And she can walk over another guy on the cruise. She's like, Hey, uh, by the way, do you want to get married? The guy's like, Oh, you're single? She says, Now I am. Then get married, no problem. Show me the get. What? Show me the get. He handed her a get. Yeah, do it over. I don't need to hold on to a get the rest of my life. I was divorced. So. Says the Gemara, let's get into this. Time of the reason that we're going to rely on what he said when he handed her the get, is because we're assuming there was writing. But let's say it was blank. Let's say he would have handed her a blank piece of paper. Lie. You can tell me. He hands her a piece of paper. It's, you can't make anything out. She throws it over. They're like, yeah, they're totally divorced. Nothing happened. Kikamar Shmuel, where does Shmuel say that they're divorced on the cruise? That's when, if you would, um, if you would uh, check the paper, Bimaya Dinara. Bimaya Dinara was a special type of, uh, what's the proper word? You know, they, let me just explain what it is. When things are erased, there's things you could put on top of it to allow you to make out letters again. You could do it like, a, you could test to see if anything right. actually was written over this. That's what we're referring to over here. That um, it, it could have been tested with, with uh, or it, it could be tested to see whether there's anything, uh, any writing that was there before. So if the letters come back, so good, we could see for ourselves that it was a kashugat. If it doesn't come back, then taka was a blank piece of paper and nothing happens. And every, even Shmuel would agree, you're not divorced. Well, if it comes back, who cares? It's only coming back now. And at the time that he handed her the get, there was no writing that was noticeable. So why is it a valid get? What Shmuel means is, I don't know for sure, but he says, okay? Now what's He says, we're in a case of, we're, we're, we suspect, we're in a case of doubt, and therefore... We have to cover ourselves and assume that she's a married woman and assume that she's a divorced woman. And all halachas that apply to a married woman will apply to her. All halachas that apply to a divorced woman will apply to her as well. You've got to take on the chumras of everything. So assume you're still married, which means she can't marry anybody else. On the other hand, if that husband ever dies, she's still considered a divorcee. She can never marry a kain. Right? No, it's up in the air. It's up in the air. And therefore, you're going to have to 
deal with all the the chumras of each possibility. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, Amar Liamim, Ravina says, Yochem, Emreimar, Meshmed, Ravdimi, Hani, Beitre, Diyav, Gita, Kamayu. If you have two witnesses that a husband gives a get in front of them, Tzrichi, the Mekaria, they have to know, they have to be able to read the get so that they know actually it was written on the paper. A husband holding a document. It's rolled up. Nobody could see it. He says, I'm giving a get to my wife. And he hands it to his wife. Two people are watching. These people cannot testify that they're witnesses of a get until they know what's actually written. They could have just said, Shalom. <laughs> How do you know you're actually divorced? May say, that's a challenging question. Now, raise a gi, dick. Somebody says to his wife, This is your get in the tall toy. She takes his rockly up. She throws it over into the sea. I learn to the fire, the hold over anything that ruins it because of our star possum. And then he comes back and says, Eh, star possum. I want to get the other upper hand in the conversation. It wasn't really meant to be a get. She's still divorced. And the, she could tell the husband, I get in tug, have a wonderful day, I'm marrying whoever I want. Say that last part again. He hands her a get. And she throws her straight into the fire. And he's like, nah, it wasn't really a get. Yeah. She could say, I don't care. You can't prove it's not a get anymore. You told me it's a get. I can go marry, I can go marry whoever I want. But if you're going to tell me that get, the Edom always need to read it before it's handed over. Listen to this. Again, obviously if he gave her a get... Adim read it. So Basar Dekriya Mimatiyama Lahachi. So he obviously read the get. He gives it to her. She throws it overboard. He's like, no, 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 no. By the way, it wasn't a get. It wasn't a get. You got two men standing here who just read it. It was Meshuga. No, let me explain the case. The Basar Dekari. After they read the get, Ailulabe Yode. She they, they gave it to the husband. Listen closely. And then he took it back out. He what? He took it back out. This is what we call sleight of hand. So a husband gives a get to, he didn't get this wife. He writes a get. There's two witnesses. His witnesses read this. They have to read it, right? Uh-huh. So they read it. They give it back to the husband. He sticks it in his pocket. He pulls it back out of his pocket and hands it to her. Well, maybe it was a sleight of hand. Maybe he switched. Maybe he switched. They didn't see, right? Since he put it back in his pocket, they didn't see it the entire time. Maybe he switched. Kamash Valon, the Kiddush is that we, we don't think that the Jewish men are so good at doing this. At sleight of hand. And, and therefore, um, they read the get, but still the husband, uh, yeah, and in, in this case, the husband uh, cannot claim that it's not a get. It is a get. It's a valid get. Alright, the husband's going to say, no, 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 yeah, let me show you. Let me show you. I have another get in my pocket. He said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. We, the, we, saw, we read it and it was pretty quick so he actually handed it over. It's a valid get. Who got but there was a fella. The Zarak Lagita Ladevisu. He threw a get to his wife. He threw it. Yeah. Dine. And Lebene uh, Dane. And it, it landed in her property in between some of her vessels Ishkach mezuzasa, and she went to pick it up, and there was a mezuzah there. It said Shema Yisrael. Yeah, um, he said, "Did you get?" I said, "Open up, Shema Yisrael." Amr of Nachman mezuzasa beni dani leshchich. It's not. It's not normal to find a mezuzah amongst her vessels, and therefore, what's the assumption? He didn't throw her really a get that now got lost. He threw her a mezuzah. And that's true when you found one mezuzah. If, you, if she found a few mezuzahs over there. Now, keep in mind, it doesn't need to be right away. The situation could be he throws it to her and she gets mad, stomps away and comes back three hours later because she's curious to know what the get looks like. 
and now she finds three mezuzahs there. If she finds three mezuzahs there, midahave havi. Then we avobezay gimel. Stam midahave havi. We say that any mezuzah was there was there. Hanami havi. And these mezuzahs were also there. Vegita imor akvarim shaklu. I so where's the get? The get was actually given to her, but maybe the animals came and moved it away in the meantime, and hence she would be considered possibly divorced. Hogavra the al lebei knishta. There's a person who came to shul. Shakal sefer Torah. He took a sefer Torah. Yavle ledebisu, and he handed it to his wife. The Yomar law, and he says to her, "Hagitech, this sefer Torah is your get." Amar Yosef Yosef says. This guy's a loony. What's the question? Yeah. If you're gonna say that really he wrote it on the the get on the Sefer Torah and it just deleted in Yeah, so it's it's not gonna be valid. So what's the whole uh, what's the whole conversation? Top of tomorrow's daf. And if we're concerned that it should be valid because there's verses written in the Sefer Torah about get about separation, uh, a get needs to be written for her. And this Sefer Torah was written for a community. Yeah? It ain't written for her. So what's the conversation? Veleka. You're going to tell me, no, maybe I should be concerned that this is a valid divorce. Maybe he, he went ahead of time. And 10 years ago, before the thing was donated to the shul, he hired a, a scribe. And he said, have in mind when writing these verses to, you know, my wife, you need his name, you need her name, the name of the city is Veleka. So, so what's this whole thing uh, about the Sefer Torah? Yeah, why even mentioning the case? What, 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 what? Strange case. You can't give your wife a basketball and say, this is your get. You can't give your wife a Sefer Torah. Why are we even having this conversation? Says the Gemara, She'en me'milin al-gabe me'milin. All these, you're right. That's not where Rabbi Yisuf's Chiddush is. Rabbi Yisuf's Chiddush is that um, if uh, a get that's written with me'milin, which said was gallnut juice, on the outside of a Sefer Torah is not kosher. Okay? So what happened was, didn't write in the letters on the inside, but even if you write on the parchment of the outside of the Sefer Torah, gallnut juice is not noticeable. When you have a Sefer Torah that's treated with Golma juice, hence his, what he's teaching me is it's not going to be valid. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Bezim, tomorrow we will pick up from Amar of Chista. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, Hevra. Min Chamarv, eat some. It should be around 8 o'clock, 8.05, Min Chamarv. Let's, let's call Daf for 7.15 this week. All right, so we'll have Daf Yemi at 7.15. Zai Gebenstein.